just now. I saw that red there, and I go, oh, I never turned my red button on. <laughs> yeah, I've been known to do that. I went last well, couple weeks ago. I didn't even turn it on at all. I'm pretty good at that, aren't I? Well, um, seven and eight. Um, we must treasure life while we live. We've been hearing that. The light is pleasant. It's good for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all. Let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything that is to come will be futility. That's interesting. Uh, Sounds like he's saying two different things there, doesn't he? (laughs) Um, And there again, I think, whenever he says everything like that, everything comes to be futility, I think that would be looking at life under the sun. But when you're looking at it from God's perspective, you, you know, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, we, we kind of forget about living life under uh, under heaven. Um, he says, if, if a man should live many years, he doesn't guarantee you many years, hmm. but he, if you do, rejoice in it. And that's a command. We see that all throughout Scripture, don't we? Rejoice always, right? While you're, while you're living, rejoice in it. But whenever he, you know, he, he's been saying life is futile. But how do we look at things? Yeah, life is, uh, I think, meant to be enjoyed and not just endured. But uh, I think that's what we need to impress upon ourselves. You know, enjoy life. You know, taking in the sun, the sunset. You know, just just that right there as. That's huge, but it just we we can take that for granted. But actually, I, I hear you guys always talking about look at the moon out there tonight, or or look, did you see that beautiful sunset? You know, now the sunrises are a little more difficult since the time changed. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not one of those four o'clock risers, but now you can be up at seven o'clock. I'm not so sure the sun is still or even up yet. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sunrise service seven o'clock. And it's going to be dark. It's still going to be dark. Whoa. <laughs> and cold. <laughs> and rainy. <laughs> that, that's right. Because <laughs> it says it right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, nine, and, nine and ten. Right, here we go. We got one guy in here we can say that's young. You're only young once. <laughs> Every one of us have been there. But enjoy it while you can. You can't ever buy these days again. You know, if you're sitting around a bunch of older people, you know, and they're going to say, hey, you know, enjoy it. You know. But this is this is what uh, he's saying. The optimism that, that youths have that maybe has kind of been lost by people who have been through things and... Uh, I'm glad that they have that optimism. I'm glad to see just little tots running around because it gives you a, a little picture of uh, enjoyment of life in an innocence they don't even know. And yet we know the book of Ecclesiastes, but it balances it out. And it's nice to see the real, real young. You know, the other day, was it uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Five-day-old baby, four-day-old four baby, you know? Um uh, did you hear the story? Ashton. Uh, Ashton, of course, had her baby. No, I didn't. Well, you didn't know that. 
Oh, well, Avell was here Tuesday night, and right after Bible study, he got a call from Ashton. And she said she had a leak. Well, Carolyn thought she was talking about the car. Even the the, car. I think even the next leak. day, she said, oh, they had a leak in the car. Oh. <laughs> I said, no, it's in the body. And and she had the baby at 4.30 in the morning on, on Wednesday. And um, I didn't expect to see her probably for another couple of weeks. And she came in Sunday morning. Of course, we saw her little baby there, you know, Jesse. And uh, that was that was quite a treat, wasn't it? it just gives you a little joy, you know, to mm-hmm. see that. And, um, Did so. they name her Jesse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, that, that was something. That was Tuesday night, and he said, i got to go. And I saw her down there in the lower parking lot, and they took off. And sure enough, she's a, they were going to the hospital. <laughs> Less than eight hours later, she had baby. So, that was good. Did you know that, Debbie? Oh, okay, you'd heard about it. Okay. I knew she was having it All right. Tuesday night. Did you know that, Audrey? Okay, so you just now heard that, too. Oh, okay, well, hey, it's good to fill people in. <laughs> Eldon didn't know it either. So about half of us didn't know it. Okay. I hate to say it, but it wasn't yeah. no importance to me. <laughs> you didn't know what was going on. <laughs> oh, we knew what was Ashley happening. Ashley was glad for it to be over with. Yeah, she really was. <laughs> Uh, we sat out in front of the Y while Beth does some exercises almost every morning. And there's young women come out with their kids, and they'll have two or three little kids. And I've never seen one yet walk down the sidewalk. They jump and they skip and they're doing everything. I never saw so much energy. I think that hits with this text right here. You would tell them to slow down. You're going to need that later in life. <laughs> or use it up now because you're. Well, these kids are never. They don't know this yet. Yeah. Rejoice. I mean, that little three-year-old skipping down the wall. Mm-hmm. Not a kid in the world. That's right. Well, that, boy, they take risk all the time. You go, oh no, they're going to get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, I said that this would be this is a great verse to 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 tell to tell young people, and that's why I say yeah, yeah I'm glad glad you're here, Mick, representing the young people here, and and, and I know you know this, but um, let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. Follow the impulses of your heart, Why what God has given you, and, and, and then and the desires of your eyes. That, that he get, and, and at the same time, we know biblically that we are to be careful what we do, be careful what we look at, and everything. And and he, and he sets the balance right here. Yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things if we use them in the wrong way. He will judge you for that way. That's quite a motivation, isn't it? But at the same time, he says, what the desires that he has given you, the desires of your heart, well, he's the one that's put those there. Use them. Enjoy it. Pursue it. Go for it. Because there will be a day when it's harder to do that. And then finally, there will be a day you can't do it anymore. And uh, so he said, so. Does, that, does that make a lot of sense to you there? Yeah, that's what I'd um, say. I encourage you on. Just use what God has know, given you. I'm, I'm reading this and I'm going. 
Well, if I were just to take this and run, I'd be doing myself a disservice. Right. Uh, If you just open up the book and turn to this, you'd be like in a load of trouble. (laughs) Follow the impulses of your heart. Yeah, you want to keep searching out stuff. With wisdom of God, though. Yeah. Life is balance, isn't it? Oh, uh, that's 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 a picture of her right there from the other day. Uh, now I don't have a chance. You got pictures like that flying around the room. <laughs> it just just fits the the youth angle, right? So he says, so remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain from your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. Uh, whatever those things can come your way to take away those things that are good and to be enjoyed um, don't let them dominate you there's another thing here too that um, even though he's speaking to say the the young man um, well uh, it's assuming that you know this young man has family has friends has maybe a place of work maybe Hobbies, maybe things they're involved. You know, so they got a whole circle of involvement with other people, especially their family. So there's, you know, it's like they don't just do this in a vacuum. It's, it's hmm. done. They're doing the life with these other people, with their family, with their influences, and with the ones that they influence. And, yeah. You know, so it's it's uh, fortunately we we have each other depend on each other to to do life together. To do life together. That's <laughs> kinda of says it doesn't and, and to share anything. To understand, you know, like it's remove vexation from your heart, put away pain from your body for you can don life advantage. Okay. Well I can as his father, not his father, you know, I can say they don't even know what that's about. You know, I mean they may think they do. But you know, they've had little tests of vexation and pain in the body and things like that, but <laughs> there's, there's a lot more living to do and a lot more experiencing. And, and usually, even the physical pains aren't necessarily the hardest as opposed to emotional. All the things that go with it. Growing pain learning. Non-door said something at one point in time to everyone here whenever he gave his little graduation speech and he said about in the Bible it says the flowers fade and grass withers but he said the flower at one point bloomed and Ananda was saying that whenever he's blooming, he wants to do it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, <laughs> and he's like, bloom. You know, yeah. Uh, there you go. Do it while so, oh, you can. So I'm reading, you know, uh, youth in the prime of life are fleeting. It's still youth in the prime of life. Mm-hmm. It's not like those don't matter just because they're there for only a short amount. Well, you've got it. You know, I think most teenagers, it, yeah. what's the attitude of most teenagers? 
go for it. Well, no. <laughs> but, they're, but they're not of joy. But it's not of rejoicing them either. No. They're of grumpy. Yeah. It's like that. Like somebody needs to remind them. We have a lot. We have a lot of uh, America owed to that. Mm-hmm. Of un- unhappiness about you know. Fast food generation. Yeah, I like that deal about the flower. Uh, you know, we've we've had quite a few flowering trees that have come out within a week, and it's kind of funny. It do, they don't last long, right. and you know that. And, and all along, I was thinking, I was looking at the weather. I'm going, okay, now here's me, but I'm going. All it takes is one freezing morning, and those pretty flowers are not going to be able to go as long as I would like. And sure enough, you know, we had uh, what three days in a row where it got to 32, 30, and then 29 or 28. And those pretty flowers from a week ago, they're all kind of turning brown, black, they're falling off and everything. Now, some other places didn't get that frozen. I'm seeing the same tree, and they're still out. But it's it's just like God gives us a little glimpse of some glory right here on earth. And we know all along, those flowers don't last very long. But while they're out, and what you were saying with Nandor, those flowers in their full bloom are just absolutely gorgeous. You know, when you look at, at nature and what God does and He produces, and you're going, in eternity, they don't fade. They, there is no resemblance of sin there, and what we see there at an absolute beauty here now, imagine what it'll be like there and never to die. No death there. Now that's I, I look forward to that because I, I I know the flowers here they're they're only they're they're very short lived, but while they're there they do give that that punch don't they? Yeah. yeah. The prime of life they're fleeting though it, it happens quick and boy when you look back at it you go my I'm in my sixties to seem possible where did where did it all go? <laughs> Before it's too late, that's the next section, chapter 12. And here we go. We continue on with the, the youth theme here. And boy, this is this is just super great advice um, to any youth, but of course uh, to anybody, really. But I mean, Christians really need to take a look at this one. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. And the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, the clouds return after the rain, in the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop. And I'm going to stop there. There's a, there's a, whole, there's a, a whole flurry, a series of shots of, about growing uh, older. We, we don't talk a lot about old age. <laughs> and... Young people don't go around talking about age, you know, really probably what's very wrong much. With this. <laughs> yeah. And of course there's been a you know, this country has suffered a generation gap and I don't I don't think we have that here. I, you know, I think, you know, I, I see I see kids talking with adults and adults talking with kids. Mm-hmm. And I say kids and of course a lot of these kids have grown up. Yeah. <laughs> They're young men now, but um you know, with, with that kind of atmosphere, I, you know, I, I, I think that's the way it's supposed to work. There, there really shouldn't be age groups in church because if you're Christians, you're Christians. Um, there's experience that people have gone through and haven't gone through, but uh, just to be divided up for age and not ever be able to relate because somebody's older doesn't make any sense. 
at all. It depends on how your world view is shaped. Well, you know, one of, one of the... We got into the church on Sunday night uh, between those guys with the Pilgrim's Progress study. And I, I asked everyone, including myself, what are three virtues or things that the church has used seen in the church and you appreciate it for. So, you know, a lot of us all said the wisdom that those older than us are able to impart and uh, how, how we... And, and then also the, the brotherhood and the fellowship with believers. But it was... I think it, you know, it kind of put aside all you know, age age groups, and it was like uh, we were able to. I think all of us were thinking that even with the fellowship thing, that it's not just our own age, or and, and it's, it's everyone that isn't in our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's good observations. It's good. It is good. I remember when I was about Nicholas's age, or even younger, I wondered why anybody would want to live to be 75 or 80. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> I can identify with that. <laughs> sure can. Uh, I think, yeah. Youth is—it's uh, so brief, and we're called to use, utilize the very days that are given us, you know, like youth in the best possible way that it can be. And he talks about remember uh, the Lord, remember the Creator, uh, remember Him as a Redeemer. But uh, it's all about this is a call here to, to serve the Lord in one's in in their youth, not to wait till later on in life. Oh, when I get older then that's when I'll start serving the Lord. No, you want to start serving now. Uh, sooner the better for uh, uh, anybody for that. But there are a lot of people that didn't become Christians till later on in life sitting right in this room. Uh, they weren't Christians at a young age. You would like to have, but that's not the way that it came out to be. So you use the best that you have, but there is an advantage. One can have a lot longer life as a Christian and, and see things in, in, in that sense, but um, serve the Lord in one's youth. What a call that is. We're to remember the Lord in the days of our youth because He's our Creator. And if He's a Creator, we know that life comes from His hands. And I think that's a debt of gratitude that we even have existence. So remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Um, we were made for worship. You know, boy, just just to know that right there. What were we made for? To worship God. To glorify God. Worship God. Sounds so simple and so easy, but how many young people really know that? Yeah. I, I told somebody music was created by God. Uh, Couldn't fathom that's what, it? That's what music's for. <laughs> Never thought about that, huh? Well, she, she wasn't having that. <laughs> What's he going to do with it? Right? You know, she went to, what about the cavemen? So you're telling me the cavemen that came up with 
The caveman. All these noises. And I said, caveman. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I, and I, I took her to Genesis. And like, there's where they made all the instruments. And stuff. Right there in yeah. uh, chapter 3, right? Uh, 4. That's right. That's right. They, they did. Look at those instruments. Amazing. Uh, we're to remember the Lord in the days of our youth because uh, this gives Him the first fruit of our lives. First fruit is the best. Um, Lord always demands the first fruits rather than the leftovers, right? He wants first place. And so as we talk about the Creator and um, this, we're thinking that we're, we just want to give ourselves right back to Him. Um, we're to remember the Lord in the days of our youth because this may be all that there is. Uh, Eldon just said, well, life has no guarantees. How long are we even going to live? Um, you don't know for certain that you will achieve old age. You know, some do reach old age, and others don't. We, we don't know that. There's no guarantees. So we worship the Lord. Today is a day, right? Today is the day. That song. Today is the day. Right now is the time of worship. It's not later. If that comes, well, that's fine too. But right now is where where it's at. We're to remember the Lord in the days of our youth because this will form a habit pattern for the days of our old age. If we have it set now, then it'll set a pattern that will be much easier to follow because the tracks have been put there. And now we can do that even in our old age where it's, it can be difficult. Um, I and how many times have you heard people say, "I'm going to wait until I get older to begin serving the Lord"? Or I've heard of people say, "Hey, listen, I I will believe in the Lord and I'll follow His ways whenever I get much older." Right now, I've got a lot of things I want to do. Boy, is that ever totally wrong? That is not biblical at all. I'm going to wait till I get older, right? Huh. We remember the Lord in the days of our youth because this will see us through the days of our old age. And this is the point I think uh, Ecclesiastes writer, preacher is making here. You're to serve the Lord today because there will be bad times that come tomorrow. These bad times are a reference to the evils of old age before the evil days come. So take advantage of it now because... There's a promise. The evil days will come. There's going to be really the test. And, of course, ultimately, who knows how evil you know those things are. They can be right in your lifetime. Um, the evil days. What metaphors he, he's using here. He uses a house. He uses a person growing older. And he talks about, I have no delight in them. Before the sun, the light, and the moon, and the stars are darkened, and clouds return after the rain. You think about it here, it's a general picture of dark days. Uh, you can think of it also the twilight of one's life. Your thought process, processes now are not what they used to be. Uh, I know, we're, we're, we're going to be stepping on all our toes here as we look at this section. Huh? Uh, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, that, that reminds me. There are three things that mark the onset of old age. You guys ready for this? The first, the first one is the loss of memory. And I can't remember the other two. Uh, 
I came in this room. Why did I come in? No, I can walk in the room. I can't remember where I came. I can remember what I was supposed to do in the other room. I walked back out. There's something many of us, I'm sure, have experienced. So, um, and I know that that was levity, but but um, this is not. And I see it with my own mother, who I didn't have a close relationship with. She's still alive. She's living in Omaha with my brother. But her mind has so far gone. Although, if any one of you met her, you'd think she was hmm. making sense. But she doesn't make sense. And that's very hard to see. Very hard to even accept. And there's there's nursing homes full of people who just don't remember things. And then you look at that, well, I do anyway, and I think, that could that could be me. That could be any of us. Going to be. And it, it's difficult. That's a difficult thing. But on the other hand, I would not do without older people. I'm middle-aged. and getting up for middle-aged. <laughs> but I wouldn't do without old people because there is such a wealth mm-hmm. of knowledge. And, and no matter if, if I get upset or if I, if I worry about anything or if I just don't know stuff, Older people are are just the, the treasure store of, of wisdom and knowledge, and because they they've seen how things have developed over time. I'm thinking I'm thinking of my uh, 85 year old friend George, among others. But he's seen so much, and he loves to talk about it. I've learned so much from him. That's like people don't even think about where things developed from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, learning how to how to drive a standard transmission. People don't understand transmission, really, I don't think, until they learn how to drive a standard transmission. Otherwise, it's just, oh, but it's it drive, goes. but it reverse, it goes. And not that it's necessarily important, but there is so much in this world, so much in this world, and so much in this world that won't be again. Mm-hmm. So the when I see young people disrespecting older people, I saw this in law school. I was an older student in law school, and there were young law school students. Fine, young minds. I know. They wouldn't have been there if they weren't. But some of the things they would say about the older professors who have, who have learned and forgotten more than they've learned ever, <coughs> and they were just so disrespectful. And what is that what it's coming to? You, you don't know. We don't know these people and what they've done. They've done a lot. Or they wouldn't be professors here. But anyway, I don't even know what my point is. Oh, the history that can be drawn from some living person right there that we can take from is incredible that you could never get from just even reading a book that's not, you know, with personality. Uh, So it's a gift all the way through, regardless of what we see coming up in these next few verses, um, still yet God uses all of this stuff for His glory. Even in this aging process. Well, we, we've talked about the youth and it doesn't last long and boom, He's talking about here's what happens after your fleeting days of your youth. And um, 
so it's not just old people talking about their their aches and pains. You know, I used to hear that all the time when I was young, and I didn't know what you know what they talked about. I'd try to avoid it. But you know, now you can identify. Well, it comes right out of Ecclesiastes. Uh, verse 3, In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble, and mighty men stoop, and the grinding ones stand idle because they're few, and those who look through windows grow dim. Well, we have some metaphors. We have some pictures here. There's different analogies, and there, there's different interpretations of this, but uh, from what I gather and from what I understand... A lot of writers will speak about here is what happens to our house when we get old. Keepers of the house are a reference to maybe possibly the arms and the hands that begin to shake as old age happens. He says the grinding ones uh, could be a humorous reference here to teeth. Uh, Don't chew as much as used to because there's not that many of them left. And of course, this was before the era of false teeth. But um, mighty men stoop. Uh, one of the old age things is this, a stooped posture. Um, we look at a young man. He's normally tall and he's walking upright and straight. We look at an old person and his knees are buckling, buckling and he's, uh, of course, while his belt won't. What's that? Yeah. R.C. Sproul. I heard him talking about this. I don't know how many years ago this was done, maybe 15 years ago when he was talking about Ecclesiastes. I don't have the date on it, but he said, yeah, he was walking down the street one day with his wife and he noticed himself shuffling his feet. And he remember talking, you know, looking at older people, you know, and they, you know, they'd shuffle their feet and they couldn't pick them up. And he'd, he'd gotten out of some kind of surgery or something, you know, and he wasn't walking very good. And, you know, he was feeling like one of those people that, you know, that we all have problems with. Our feet start hurting and everything. And it's harder to stand up straight. And so the realities of all of this, it's like this, this is real. And, you know, you've seen it, and then all of a sudden you're doing the same thing. You know, I, I say this because I can identify with this. Those who look through the windows grow dim. And like I say, these are, you know, metaphors, and there's some interpretation things here. But the windows grow dim. The guys that I was reading, they were talking about the windows. They were talking about their eyesight. Uh, would that make sense? Yeah. Uh, the eyes are windows to the world. And, and, of course, at 40 years old, I was told you have to wear bifocals. The guy hadn't even looked at my eyes yet. And I'm going, no. Nah. And, and you know what? He checked them and he said, yep, you need bifocals. I go, you're kidding me. No, nah, not really. He said, yeah, you do. And, and then he showed me why. And so I, I started wearing them. And I think that's exactly what this says. Mm-hmm. You've lost some of your teeth. Good. Your eyesight's not near as good as it used to be. Your hearing's about gone. <laughs> First three and four. That's yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so, too. And they're afraid of high places and terrors on the roadway. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to a ball game the other day, and I sat on the front row because I don't want to climb up yeah, to the third. Yeah. 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 Yeah
but I can't climb those steps. Well, like the end of year, stuff like that, too. Knocks you off balance more, stuff like yeah. that, mm-hmm. to the height. i got to hang on to somebody's shoulder to get up on the second row of seats. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Well, well, it's already here. <laughs> Carolyn, Carolyn Experience, we went up to um, the Sprint Center. Um, this is Zach's idea, by the way. Yeah. And <laughs> we, got, we got seats. They weren't bad, really, but they were way, way up there. You know, they were near near the, the top. But there's, there's elevators for that. Seats were the, the inexpensive, you know, like 50 bucks a piece. They were straight up and down on a concrete slab. I mean, you were literally, your body was like... Carolyn got up there. I couldn't go. She looked down, and she she was grabbing a hold and says, I can't do it. I did. She just talked about what... And I said, oh, you know, just down a few steps and go there and sit. My feet, my feet, and I have no way to hang on to stuff. I can't do it. And I said, really? You you can't do that? You're afraid of high places, it's it. That's that's exactly what what happened. I mean, it, I mean terrors on the road. Yep. Don't drive anymore after night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this about? In a few the weeks, it's from the, the almond tree. The old white hair. Where's the almond tree? The blossoms of the white well, hair. Well, I don't know much about the almond tree, but I do know about the grasshoppers. <laughs> Tell us about the, farm, the grasshoppers. On the farm, there's these big yellow grasshoppers in the cornfield. And they were just as active as they could be. Fly, hop, you couldn't catch them. And you'd get a first frost, and they were all crawling on the ground, just barely getting along, about ready to die. And that's what happens here. It's, in the end of life, the all that activity stops. Mm-hmm. You barely drag yourself along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I had, yeah. There was yellow grass arbors that yeah. were so active. And if you go out a few days later after that frost, you'd find them at the end of the row all dead. Mm-hmm. But there was a period of time they were just crawling, dragging okay. themselves around. <laughs> the grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting, yeah, this, uh, Definitely pretty graphic. The doors on the street are shut as the sound of a grinding mill is low. Uh, there could be a couple things there. One guy said, well, it's dealing with the reference to hearing. The sounds that one hears are muffled, like behind closed doors. Or the grinding ones, he says it comes back. You lose your teeth. Your face begins to sag around the mouth. And instead of the noise of the chewing, there's the soft sound of gumming it. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> well, I thought the mouth was when you put out the side of your mouth <laughs> How about the sound of the bird? Uh, and one will arise, even though you can't hear very good, but all of a sudden, you know, it's hard to sleep. doesn't take much noise to waken one up. You can't hear very good, but you can sure hear things when you're trying to sleep. Uh, oh, boy. Difficult. Um, one of those uh, spring training games I was telling you about earlier, baseball. Yeah. There was this older man. Uh, oh, yeah. They showed sleeping at the beginning of the game, you know, at the beginning. And it, and then at the fifth inning, they showed him again. He was still, still sleeping. <laughs> he had his scorecard up, you know, on, on the side of his face. He was, he was, he was enjoying it there. Yeah, he, I guess he was just dreaming about it. <laughs> but, he but says, I can't were, wait till the you know, season starts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, okay. Fix this time and place. Maybe he relaxes better there in bed, you know. 
Some people can sleep there and sit nothing. Yeah, that's that's uh, I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, all the daughters of song will sing softly. Um, it might be a reference to. Uh, They're not singing softly. You just can't hear. That's that's what that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of that. My voice cannot do what I would like it, what it once used to could do so easily, and everything has to be forced to to even try to to hit notes and make them stay there on that note. You know, it's like it was there before. Why isn't it there anymore? You just you know, can't can't sing the way. Uh, difficult just to okay, hold a hold a note. It. We can't hear it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you can say, "Well, this is a grim picture," and no one. I was going to say this is one of the most melancholy things I've ever read. You can say, "Yeah, I sit around a bunch of older people in a Bible study talking about how what old age is." The reason I use that word melancholy is because it makes me think it's it's the way it's worded is very pretty, but the actual substance of it isn't. That's yeah, it's like the pictures they show of these people in the nursing home. They're having such a great time. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and he gets to sleep in this bed, laid back. You know, oh, it's really, really. You do that about 22 hours a day, and it gets a little. They show them not having to cook no more. You know why they can't cook no more? Because they can't remember it. You can't find the right I don't even know where I'm at now. Well, it says in the Caperberry is ineffective. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what one guy wrote. Um, the Caperberry... Um, Let's see. There's another word for it. It came out of the Vulgate translation, caparis. Caper bush. A shrub as a flower. And, and this is where we're going at. It, it was known as an aphrodisiac. It was the Viagra of the day. There, there we go. Okay. That's the way to put it. Right there. And it doesn't work. <laughs> that's what it says. Oh, that's what mine says. And desire. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yep, yep. The, um, carried the figurative idea of, of that desire, and it, it's not there. It's so powerless. The desire fades away. Um, you know, in our technology today, we have eyeglasses, and we have hearing aids, and we have false teeth, and we have dyed hair. All this technology and assist us, you know, in dealing with some of these things. But and I'm thankful that we have these inventions. They're wonderful. They're great. But they still don't deal with the real problem of eventual death. Inside of all of those devices, there's still an old man. Yes, that's it's still right. there. Can't cover that up, can we? It's there. It happens. Aging process. It it only stops when man goes to his eternal home. But. Uh, there was you remember David Crowder he had a, a song called Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven but Nobody Wants to Die. You ever heard of that one? No. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, you don't really talk about these things very much, but you look at this and this is just about as straight head as as it can be. And the the, the thing is, we're all 
seeing that or close to it or right at the edge of it and um, it's just real um, and I think as it gets a little closer here it even gets into like in 6 and 7 uh, of course what we were talking about men are afraid of high places tears on the road the almond tree blossoms somebody asked about that uh, when the, the almond tree would blossom, they said, I guess in the Middle East, there is, it would blossom in the winter when there are no leaves on the tree at all. Of course, a lot of these flowers, trees, they come out before there's any leaves. But it's a, it's a snowy white type flower, and it appears a withering blend of bare branches and a scattering of pale white. Well, you, you can take a look at me right here. Eldon, you got a lot more hair than I do. And so, you know. And and mine is getting, but it's not a pretty white. You know, I got I got a gray. But you're, so you might be more of the almond tree blossom there. But at least you got a lot, still a lot of hair. You know, my grandfather. You got white hair. Pure white hair. Hmm. And then Janice got pure white hair. Johnny, he still has his hair. So. You know, I can fit in here where it talks about bare branches. <laughs> Pastor Ben said that this is God's message to us old people that we're on our way out. And on the way up. <laughs> Before I even heard that, this seems to me a preparation. It's a preparation where you lose, begin to lose your grasp on the world and worldly things yeah. and it's just you're moving away from it it's moving away from, mm-hmm. from you that's right but getting close to home it's preparing you Real to let home. go to let go of me and I prefer to know that my influence my little circle of family is mm-hmm. friends and women you know my time here is getting shorter and shorter I think that's pressed on through all the way through here. Even even despite all of these things, we just keep living for the Lord. I think the bottom line is verse 7. Go ahead and read it there. Oh, yeah. The dust will return to the earth as it hmm. was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it Yep. That's something. We're sitting here. There's an eternity that awaits us, you know. And we're sitting here. I wonder if one of the... Now, we got got to sit in together and just kind of talk about these things that we know that it's all a part of our lives. I mean, it's a precious time, you know, when you think about it. And looking at it in a good way, if you look at it from the life under the sun, you look at verse 8, vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. If we didn't know and look at it the right perspective, boy, is it, this is it. huh? <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's preparing us. Dust returns to earth. Spirit returns to God. I think that verse 6, remember him before the silver cord is broken. Um, some have said that is like a... It's a it's, of course, it's a cord between your soul and, and your the physical life, and well, that will be separated. Yeah. And there is that classic crime album called the Silver Cord. Silver cord. Yeah. I'm not so sure exactly. I'd like to now. I'll have to go look that one up. Yeah. See what they mean. Yeah.
the golden bowl was crushed. Some say that could be the mind, uh, the thinking the pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel of the cistern is crushed. Um, a lot of different thoughts there. Circulatory system, maybe, you know. And, uh, so it's a small thing that holds our life to our body and, of course, that cord is snapped and dividing of the spirit from the body. James 2.26 says that. Don't see annihilation there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's that it goes on, doesn't it? So that's that's the eventual destination. And we, you know, in closing to and coming to an end here, but Augustine said, "Thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee." That vacuum. I mean, I better read the book. It's what's per what is God's purpose in doing all this. Mm-hmm. Comes down to one very simple statement. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That was his purpose in everything. Mm-hmm. There we go. And he's gonna, gonna bring that to pass. Mm-hmm. He told all the people in the old testament that I am your God and you are my people. And it goes all the way through. That's his goal and it will be brought to pass. Well, isn't that good? That's pretty well says it all right there. Boy, that kind of sums up Ecclesiastes, doesn't it? sums up the whole Bible. That's the theme of the whole Bible to bring that to come to pass. I think of that, um, I think of Pilgrim's Progress, you know, the journey and, of course, as they you guys haven't come up to the part but where uh, they go across the river. Right. And, uh, um, life without God is absolutely empty, but uh, His people, um, they don't see an empty life. Well, on that river, uh, if I remember right, the river is only as deep as your lack of faith is. You know, it's equivalent to your, I guess, your dependence on God to get you through it. Because Christian, he was, he was drowning. He's like, faithful, go on without me, I'm going to die, you know. Or not faithful, hopeful. Uh, But yeah, hopeful is like, no, you know, he he gives them a lecture right there in the river, you know, (laughs) when they're they're drowning. God is taking care of us. Yeah. Um, let's just read the last few verses here. Uh, verse 9. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered, searched out, arranged many proverbs. Just didn't teach knowledge just to be knowledge, but it was knowledge to actually reach the people to communicate to them. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. So it's about truth. The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails are given by one shepherd. Beyond this, my son, be warned. The writing of many books is an endless and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. (laughs) I'm not going to make a comment on that one. (laughs) 
The conclusion, when all has been heard, is, and here we go, <laughs> fear God and keep His commandments because this applies to every person. There's God and His people, right? For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. That fear God and obey His commandments. In the book of Job, here, here's the wisdom books. The book of Job says, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And that apart from evil is understanding. Psalms, same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding, having all those who do His commandments, His praise endures forever. Psalm 111.10. And then the Proverbs. You know this one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. We have just seen an exhibit of what wisdom is about. And the way that it started was dealing with vanities. And he was even saying at the end, but how do we look at it? From God's perspective, if we do, we have a fear of God, right? That healthy, reverential fear of Him and keeping His commandments. And uh, that's the source of our motivation. He is our judge. And knowing that He has judged our sins is one of the greatest things that we can know, forgiveness of sins. And then realize, though, at the same time, I want to use what He's given so, um, you know, I don't want to be coming up to Him and saying, well, I'm sorry about this, and I wasted this, and did this, and didn't do this. And, um he, he winds up with that, and, and so it's a true fear of God, and uh, knowing that um, He's doing this for His children. All that He brings us through on this journey, it is a, it's a real privilege to be with God's people as we go through this journey together. Can't uh, think of a better way to go through it. What a privilege it's been. That's Ecclesiastes in a real short way. Forgive me for not bringing out the way that could have and went through it rather speedily, but um, life, eternal life. Eldon, could you? Well, next week, I don't know. Uh, I'm Barb, I think, was uh, wondering if we could do... She's not here tonight. Uh, I think it's Nehemiah. Thinking on that one. You guys familiar with Nehemiah? Is it something different? Something fresh? Uh, Give me some hints. (laughs) Some ideas. Shortly.